like a 40-year-old man fucking a virgin. We're pulling out of Afghanistan and they're going to be sore. Yep. Like the rest of the world, along with you, I've been watching these goat-loving Taliban motherfuckers strolling across the face of Afghanistan. That's how you pronounce it, by the way. And I've thought to myself, damn, these guys remind me of the MAGA motherfuckers who stormed the capital back in January. I wonder why that is. <laughs> Just think of the similarities. They believe in a religious doctrine. They don't think women should have the right to vote. They wear funny hats. And they get aroused when Jews die. Oh yeah, I'm going to try this thing where I open every episode of the show with a joke. And here's mine for this week. For a little bit of context, which is key, my first ever boyfriend's girlfriend thing lasted about seven days back in 2012. And she was an Ashkenazi Jew, ethnically. She was living in my dorm building. But what convinced her to say yes was that I was invited to go to the rabbi's residence at the Rohr Center for Jewish Life after the Shabbat dinner, where his lovely wife cooked gefilte fish. And I talked with, like, a Seattle-based rapper for three hours about the Wailing Wall. Anyways, my girlfriend. Oh, God. Let me just tell you this other thing. It really pisses me off. Uh, she was gro- she was grown up, uh, raised, never having seen a single Mel Gibson movie. Of course, because her parents didn't want her watching anything made by an anti-Semite. But I'm like, come on, have you ever driven a Ford or a fucking Volkswagen? You can't avoid that shit. Braveheart is one of the... Anyways, uh, that's besides the point. We were chilling out near the piano at the university, and she told me this joke. I'm going to tell it to you now. What do you get when you squeeze a synagogue? Jews. There's your joke. Transition. I think it's high time we revisit the old memes from a website that existed at the start of the Afghanistan invasion. Who knows what happened to it? Maybe the owner didn't have enough money to keep the domain alive. But in its heyday, it was one of the best websites ever made. The website was called fuckusama.com, spelled with a U, just like the FBI spells it. The site was the home of absolutely frivolous and debased comedy, so dark, and was also a home to memes. Almost a decade before the word meme was in common usage, as well as blogs and games. My favorite game on the site was like a mix between Duck Hunt and Whack-A-Mole, And the premise was that you've discovered Bin Laden hiding out as a gas station convenience store clerk. And your job now is to blast his fucking head in with a Glock 9 and hollow points. Man, that was fun. His head exploded every... (laughs) His His head exploded every time with blood and brains spewing everywhere. And every time he would pop back up over the counter laughing at you. And if you look really, really, really closely at one of the earlier episodes of NCIS, you can see McGee playing the same game on his own computer. You have to understand that this was a game of catharsis more than it was humor. 
we had as a nation been attacked by someone who was more like vapor than anything else. And to be able to shoot him in the face, even a pixelized version of him, was soothing for many people. It gave us an outlet for our repressed societal rage. Then there were the memes. There were so many of them. But these are the ones that stand out in my mind. The first one is called Afghanistan After the War. This one was a map of Afghanistan, where the artist had erased the country and drew in a parking lot with scattered McDonald's logos in place of the provincial capitals. At that time, the surge, most Americans felt that this would become something of a reality. And even though the present regression to the Middle Ages is at the hands of the Taliban, the highest-ranking members of the Taliban have all had at least one Big Mac. Back in 2016, a very high-ranking member of the Taliban said, I've tried it. It's too expensive and tasteless. Taliban fighters prefer mutton and rice, but I guess it's good when you're in a hurry and have no access to proper food. But we know it's an American company, and our religious scholars have forbidden us from consuming any Western food beverages. Speaking of McDonald's right now, you might have seen a picture of a tweet by Dylan Welch, which claims that at the height of the evacuation, the U.S. Marines were keeping the last remaining McDonald's open at the Kabul airport to support the evacuating personnel. Apparently, this is false. There aren't any McDonald's restaurants in Afghanistan. On August 15th, Dylan tweeted the following. Someone created a fake tweet pretending it's from me about U.S. Marines and a restaurant in Kabul called McDonald's. I didn't write it. Please ignore it and focus instead on the plight of the millions of people in Afghanistan abandoned by the international community. Whoa. Hold your fucking horses for a minute. Abandoned? Abandoned? Is that true? Do people really think that we have abandoned the people of Afghanistan? Think about that while I tell you about the other memes from fuckusama.com. Here's another one that I remember. It was a bunch of Taliban fighters on a makeshift rickety ferry raft made of bamboo sticks and rope crossing a river. And one of the fighters says to the others, If we tip, we can use my towel to dry off. And what about this one? When we were first considering rebuilding the Twin Towers as a memorial to the initial incident, Fakusama.com ran with a meme, George Bush revealing his new creation, a skyscraper dominating the skyline of the financial district, with a very large, very noticeable hole at the top of it with George Bush stating, we'll be ready next time. Obviously, the idea behind this was many layers deep. With George Bush being the biggest butt of this joke, being such a moron thinking that building a hole in the towers would mean that planes would miss next time. <clears throat> it would be many years of my life before I learned that this was a real photo of a real building in Asia where they actually do design holes in some scrapers to give dragons a place to fly through. The more you know, that all seems like such a long way off now. 
It seems like another world, and it was. The past is another world. In July of 2001, I was at Disneyland in Anaheim for the first time in my life. And in September, a month before my ninth birthday, I watched the towers fall. The Red Hot Chili Peppers had released the song Californication, and then the towers fell. I met someone in Maui who used to check his machete in on long-haul flights, and then the towers fell. Twenty years of fucking war. One legitimate, one illegitimate. The war in Afghanistan to destroy bin Laden's terror network, and the war in Iraq to give the Republicans an orgasm. Both missions suffered from massive mission creep. Both wars, at times, were great successes and great failures. Both wars birthing war criminals and war heroes. Never forget 9-11. Never forget Abu Ghraib. Never forget the Kandahar Airfield Detention Center. Never forget the smell of shit at Kaf. Never forget Captain America pretending to stab a fucking detainee. Never forget General McChrystal basically like forgetting that there was a reporter in the room. Never forget General Petraeus' man whore affair with his biographer. By the way, you might have missed this in all the other news. Rumsfeld is fucking dead. Yeah, Donald Rumsfeld died in June. Never forget that Dick Cheney will shoot you in the fucking face if you cross a motherfucker and he'll get away with it. Because he did, and he did. Never forget that Joe and Val Wilson, who gave up the testimony that Bush and Rumsfeld lied to us and went into Iraq on some made-up bullshit about Zarqari's network being shielded by Saddam Hussein. Never forget the men and women we lost in the hills out there. Never forget when McChrystal made SOCOM watch that movie about Algeria. Never forget that we almost had Bin Laden at Tora Bora, but we waited too long and the motherfucker ducked out the back. Never forget, never forget, never, never forget what we were fighting for. Was it worth it? Hell fucking yes. Why was it worth it? Because we're still here. We are still fucking here. At the end of the day, war isn't about good and evil. No, fuck that. War isn't about right and wrong. War is about us and them. And if you attack us, we will retaliate. We will find you and we will fucking kill you. And in my estimation, that is what these wars were about. That is why these wars mattered. We went into a place guns blazing and bombs bursting because they laid waste to us. These wars were worth it. Because we succeeded, and we did succeed. We didn't fail. W where does this come from? We did not fail. We killed Saddam, and we killed Bin Laden, and we killed Zakari, and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, and we bitch-slapped al-Sadr. In the meantime, we watched Gaddafi, the man behind the Lockerbie bombing, die terribly. We saw Hosni Mubarak fall from his perch, and we saw many more of the evil men that had once attacked us fade away. In Britain, they remember the wars of Afghanistan with a poppy flower that they wear on their lapels on Memorial Day. 
I suggest that we remember the wars of Afghanistan with a sunflower and the war of Iraq with a gold chain, the symbols of the men who were our pretexts for invasion, the sunflower for bin Laden, who for many years had once considered retiring after the first war in Afghanistan to grow sunflowers on a farm in Africa, and the gold chain for Zarqawi, the man who before finding religion was once a drug-dealing, nightclubbing pimp who ran a prostitution ring. The world turns a little differently when the great myths are revealed to be nothing more than mortal men with faults and follies no different to anyone else. We're all who we are. The question that lies at the feet of the American consciousness right now, who fucked up? Who was wrong about Afghanistan? My response, like everything in warfare, is nuanced. Americans would do a little well better if they understood that the world is more complicated than 10-second soundbites and inspirational Instagram posts with pebbles and ponds as backdrops. Who fucked up everyone and no one? Bin Laden fucked up, Bush fucked up, Obama fucked up, Trump fucked up, Biden fucked up, Baghdadi fucked up. Who else fucked up? Oliver North, he fucked up. Charlie Wilson, he fucked up. Emmanuel, he fucked up. Alex Station, they fucked up. Latif Nasser shouldn't have been driving a fucking taxi. What about Koff and their detention center? You cannot hang people from hooks for that long if you expect them to live. Their blood stops flowing, they fucking die. So whoever fucked up there was a person who thought it would be a good idea to let lieutenants oversee a fucking detention block. CNN fucked up. Fox fucked up. The Brits fucked up. The Germans fucked up. ISAF, yeah. Look at what happened to that. That was a major fuck up. The point is, a lot of people fucked up. But in a war that lasted for 20 years, there was a lot of opportunity for people to fuck up. Kenneth Waltz said it best in the opening of his book on man, the state, and war. He opens with these words. It has been said that to ask who won a given war is like asking who won the great San Francisco earthquake. War is fucked, and that's the point. Nobody wins, nobody loses, we just fight. But I believe that we have to fight. We have to fight these wars because they are necessary to fight. America has often been a force for good. America, for all of its faults and divisions and war crimes, has one thing that every citizen shares. We, we want goodness in the world.